First Timothy chapter 5, please. 25 verses in this chapter. There are four points to it. I'm not sure we'll get to all four of the points, but we'll try to get as far as we can. The first section, verses 1 and 2, deal with courtesy to the young and old. In verses 3 through 16, he's dealing with the church and women. In verses 17 to 20, double honor for the elders. In verses 21 through 25, keep thyself pure. Those are the main themes of this chapter. We'll go as far as we can, but let's look at verses 1 and 2 first. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Now the Holy Spirit is telling Paul to write this to young Timothy. Timothy is a young preacher. And Paul is saying, Brother Timothy, here's what you're to pass on to the church. And here's how you're to deal with these problems that come up in the church. First of all, respect older people. Now the word elder has two usages in the scripture. Sometimes it refers to older people. Sometimes it refers to a minister. In the book of Titus, Paul tells Titus to go down to Crete and appoint elders. Those are the ministers. In some Baptist churches today, and probably other churches, there are ministers they call elders. In some of the Presbyterian churches, they call some of the laymen elders. I believe in the Church of Christ they do that. There's nothing wrong with calling your minister an elder. Usually, in Baptist churches, we call the minister the preacher, or the minister, or the pastor, uh, whatever you want to call them. Sometimes just call him brother so-and-so. But remember that this scripture is using the term elder in two, two ways. Number one, speaking about older people. Always respect older people. Now this is one thing we need to do here at our church. We need to teach our young children, especially those whose parents do not come, to respect older people. We probably have a little problem with that from time to time because we have some kids come whose parents don't come and thank God we bring them that's the only way they'll ever learn about Jesus. You'd be amazed at the people we meet all over Bowling Green and other places who say, I was saved when I was in the bus ministry. Somebody led me to Jesus at Glendale. Just recently I received a letter from two men who were in prison. And both said, I used to come on the bus at Glendale. One said, I came on the bus one day and I didn't know how to behave. And the bus pastor put me off the bus and I had to walk several blocks to get home. He said, I never went back to church. But he said, I want to know how to get back to God. So I've written him. But you see, we need to deal very gently, very carefully, very prayerfully with people. 
helping them to understand how to treat older people. Now when I say older people, I'm talking about people from 18 and up, maybe 16 and up, maybe 14 and up. You have a little child, sometimes they run around church and they don't understand that if an adult says, stop, come and sit here, I'm not going to do that. Immediately, immediately, what would you do if you were a parent? You don't slap them over. You don't get a belt out and whip them. You just gently get a firm hold and lead them out. You deal with them outside. I wouldn't advise you to whip them. If they can't settle down, take them home. Is that fair? I'll ask our bus director. That's what we need to do. There's no point in letting people be in God's church and we fail to teach them how to respect older people. Right or wrong? All right. Then he says, the elder women treat them as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. One of the most precious things that uh, I experienced this past, this week in Chapel Monday, one of the young ladies, we were giving opportunity for anybody who wanted to to share something about Michael. One of the young ladies said, I was saved Friday. And she said, the first person that I told was Michael Buckner. She said modestly, Michael hugged me and prayed with me and thanked God. Now I guarantee you that was a pure hug. Michael was already in love with somebody else. That was not lust. It was the expression of his heart of gratitude. Praise God. And she wept as she said, Michael encouraged me. He was the first person to encourage me in my new faith in Christ. That's what we ought to do. Treat one another as brothers and sisters. The song says, you will notice around here we say brother. Because we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. Alright. So he says, he says to Timothy, you teach the people not to rebuke an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. And let me say another word about this. <clears throat> Some kids come from a home where they have no respect for mother or daddy. Am I right, bus pastors? Right or wrong? Well, say something. Don't just sit there like a cow looking at a new fence. Say something. That's right. I know that's true. This particular letter that I got from this man in prison said my mother and daddy divorced when I was two years old. They were both alcoholics. I lived with some of my relatives for one week and somebody else with another week and I was passed from pillar to post. He said, I'm not blaming what I've done on my bringing up. I have to take responsibility. But he said, I didn't have anybody that showed me love. That may be the story of a lot of kids that come to our church. So, in loving kindness, let's minister to them. I may be taking a little bit long to deal with these two verses, but they're very, very important. Rebuke not an elder but entreat him as a father 
and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Then in verses 3 through 16, he deals with the church and women. In verses 3 through 7, he deals with widows. Honor widows that are widows indeed. Now this suggests that there are some widows that are not widows. He goes on to explain. If any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home, to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. Now in the early church, they cared for the families. And they had a special fund for women because there was no such thing as social security. There was no such thing as the government taking care of people. The families had to take care of them or else they were left on the street. And so Paul is saying, when you find somebody that really is a widow, now remember the church is to take care of her own first. He's not giving an admonition that the church should go out and find every widow in the city and take care of every widow. He's talking about people of faith. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about those who know the Lord. And he said, some may be in your church who are just busybodies. They're not really looking for someone to care for them and they will respond in spiritual concern. They're just looking to be a, they're going to sponge off of you. Now I'm interpreting some of this. If you don't see it like this, you tell me after church. Look at verse 10. Well reported of for good works, if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work. We have a lot of widows in our church who fit that category. They're godly, gracious, precious Christians who have served the Lord all their lives. But their younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wet, wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. And withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but tatters also, busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, have no occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some already are turned aside after Satan. If a man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. So what he's saying is, if you have loved ones who are older, who've lost a mate, families take care of them. 
if at all possible. And some and sometimes it's not possible. But if it is all possible, take care of them. If not, care for them. Go visit them often. Let them know you love them. These are widows indeed. He has some words to say about those who are not widows indeed. Who don't really care how they live. You see, the Bible is a very practical book. It just speaks it like it is. Okay. Now there are other passages that deal with other situations with women. But here he's dealing with family women. And with widows. And how you're to deal with people who have difficult problems. In our church, I'm sure you're aware of this, we have a list of people that are either shut in or they uh, uh, are live by themselves or one of their mates is gone or they, they've been sick and so on. We have this list. have about 40, 45 names on that list. This is divided among our deacons. And each deacon is assigned a group of those precious people. And every month that deacon makes a visit in the home. If he doesn't, he has to answer to God. I'm not a dictator. I can't make anybody do anything. But this is what the deacon's responsibility is. Deacons don't run the church. They're not a board of, of, of deacons. They are assistants to the pastor. To help get the work done. To help minister to the saints. And this is their responsibility. Then we have other people who also visit these same folks. And that's a wise, wise plan. Remember, do not neglect those that have been part of God's economy in God's church. Alright, thirdly, he says, double honor to the elders, verses 17 to 20. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. In this particular instance, he's talking about those who minister. The word elder, as we mentioned earlier, is used in two senses. One refers to older people. The other refers to an office. And so he says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Again, an elder receive, against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses, them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. Now in this section he's talking about those who serve. In our church we don't always call deacons elders. The term elder in this sense does not refer to age. It refers to an office. And primarily he's talking about ministers, pastors, and deacons. Those who serve the Lord in the church. And he says... If they serve well, they deserve double honor. So let me encourage you, find our deacons. And from time to time, tell them how much you love them. Tell them you're praying for them. Sometimes the most unprayed for people in the church are the leadership. Our deacons, finance committee people, Christian education people, and committees people. And those who serve as Sunday school teachers. And those who serve in our Christian school. 
uh, in a sense, they are elders. They are workers in the kingdom of God. You know, at school, at Anchor School, we have some tremendous teachers. We have a great faculty over there. Several are here tonight in the auditorium. Most of them come to church regularly that are members here. The ones that are not members here, we keep a record. They go to church regularly where they go to church. And we thank God for each one of these. We need to let them know from time to time how much we appreciate them. Miss Retha Clevenger is an elder. She carries a huge responsibility as financial secretary, as organist, as the one that takes care of the books, the finances. Ms. Martha Vaught is an elder. She has a huge responsibility at the school. Big, big responsibility. Ms. Sue Brown is an elder. You know she plays the piano in three departments and then comes up here and plays in the church every Sunday and does a super job with it. Of course her husband is an elder, he's a deacon. So you see, these men and women are, are, are they, they deserve double honor. We deserve, they deserve our gratitude and thanksgiving for what they do and their ministry. Thank God for them. All right? Now last of all, and I'll be through in a moment, from verses 21 to 25, he's speaking, keep thyself pure. Let me read that. In verse 21, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without perform, preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine own infirmities. Now, that verse has been greatly misunderstood. I've had people come to me and say, you see there the Bible says, quit drinking water and drink wine. And since alcohol and whiskey and beer all have uh, alcohol in them, there's nothing wrong with it. The Bible tells me to drink it. If you read carefully what he's saying, he's talking about the health of these people. That's what he's speaking about. Look, you see, those who really love the Lord. I hope you'll understand this. Give me time to explain this a little bit. Those who really love the Lord will know almost from the Word of God that drinking hard liquor and alcoholic beverages is not wise. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. At the last it bites like a serpent, stings like an adder. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. You wouldn't read in Proverbs, don't drink, and in Timothy, drink. So what's he talking about? Look carefully. You who know the Lord and love the Lord, remember there comes a time for medicine. Now when I was growing up, I think I've told you this before, and those of you who are about my age would understand this. When I was growing up, they didn't have all the modern medicines that we have today. They just didn't have it. My dad learned from his dad, who was a doctor, the best thing for flu was a little jug of whiskey. And many times when I was a child, that's what I was given. 
And somebody told me one time the thing that saved your life. I had scarlet fever real bad. I was very, very sick. And they gave me that. They didn't have the other kind of medicines. When I got, became a Christian, I began to realize what the Bible was saying. My dad was not a Christian at that time. He kept on thinking that was the thing to do because his doctor daddy had told him that. I began to learn that there were other medicines that had alcohol in them, but it was not raw whiskey. And that was better for you than the other medicine. So I began to say, Dad, I don't want that any longer. I, I want the other kind of medicine. And my dad was reasonable. He understood, and I began to use the other kind of medicine. When anybody tells me today, well, I drink wine and beer and whiskey because the doctor tells me to do it, I just know that they've already told the doctor that's what they want and that's what they like, so they're going to get it. You do not have to drink wine and whiskey and beer for your health today. And that isn't what he's saying. At that time, a consecrated, committed Christian knew that it was wrong to drink wine, so he would drink water. And Paul is saying, remember, take care of yourself. You're God's servant. You've got to get well. You've got to be strong. And so, take a little wine for your stomach's sake, for your health's sake. Do you understand that? Please don't go out of here misunderstanding that tonight. That's so important. And people have misunderstood it through the years. All right? Now he says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. Likewise also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hidden. What he's saying is, remember, sin is very serious. Sometimes you can hide it. It goes before you to judgment. You'll meet it there. Some men's sins are more open. They meet them here. Don't wait for either one of those things. The moment you sin, ask God to forgive you. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And don't be deceived into thinking that you can live above sin. Nobody has ever lived above sin except Jesus. He's the only one. And the Bible says over and over again, if we who are Christians say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, does that give us a license to commit adultery? Does that give us a license to commit premarital sex? Does that, does that give us a license to, to murder a little baby in our mother's womb? Does that give us a license to steal? And say, Lord, you know I can't help stealing, so I'll just steal and then I'll ask you to forgive me? A thousand times no. The Holy Spirit is the one can help you. But as long as we live in this body of clay, a body that is going to turn to dust, a body that is Adamic in nature, we have a new nature and an old nature. And the Negro preacher said, everybody has, every Christian has a black dog and a white dog in them. And they're always fussing at each other and growling at each other. And the one you feed the most wins the battle. 
So if you feed the old nature on X-rated movies and old filthy magazines and old trashy talk and all kinds of stuff like that, you're going to feed the old nature and it'll get the upper hand. But if you feed the new nature with Bible and prayer and Christian fellowship and godliness, it will get the upper hand. Still, you've got an old Adamic nature. You're never going to get to the point where you never sin. So we have to take our sins to Jesus. Day by day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. And when we do that, we have the assurance of forgiveness. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. You see how practical the Bible is? We've touched on things tonight that we don't usually touch on. They're just right in the Word of God. So, let's believe them and practice them. If you have questions about this chapter and something that you've misunderstood or maybe I said something you feel like is not what the scripture says, please see me after church. I'd like to uh, talk with you about it and get it straight. Some of these scriptures are a little bit confusing if you don't study them diff uh, carefully and read between the lines and find out what the Holy Spirit is really saying here. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the Word of God and everyone who has attended the Word of God tonight. Thank you for what the Holy Spirit led Paul to tell us. Help us to honor you with all there is within us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's stand, please. Have thine own way, number 155. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. If you know it, just sing it from your heart. If you don't know it, turn to the page 155 and sing it. Now listen. If God has spoken to you about any matter at all, you need to come and just pray. Just come and kneel here. You don't even have to tell me what you're praying for. I'm not a priest. You don't go through me, you go right directly to God. If you want to share with me, that's fine. Do what God tells you to do. If there's anybody here who needs to rededicate his life to the Lord, or if you're here tonight and you're not saved, I encourage you to come to Christ. While we sing, have thine own way, will you come?